Hello, 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 My name is Will Leach, and I have come to bring the funk nasty. I have no funk nasty, and I am not Will Leach. Welcome to Waiting Since Last Saturday, a Georgia football podcast. This is episode 7, 007. Hey there, college football fans. My name is Scott Duvall, and considering that in the life of a podcast, you only get one chance to celebrate episode 7, we figured it'd be appropriate to include a little James Bond theme music. Corny? Oh yeah, most certainly. Appropriate? Absolutely. Today on the podcast, Will celebrates a milestone as Deadspin.com, a site that he founded, turns 10 years old. Happy anniversary, Will. The three of us will also discuss George's upcoming SEC road opener at Vanderbilt this Saturday at 3.30 on CBS, and what the dogs will need to do in order to avoid a disastrous hiccup as they fell to the Commodores two years ago up in Nashville with a 31-27 loss. We preview some other games in the SEC and around the nation as we make our picks on which teams we think will prevail and those teams who might need to be on upset alert. Might that team be Notre Dame on the road in Charlottesville? Also, will Coach Rick stay with Grayson Lambert, who had a nice lightning-shortened opening game last Saturday against Louisiana Monroe, and how will Coach Schottenheimer handle the offense this week? Do the dogs open up the playbook just a little bit, or will it continue to be as vanilla as possible so as not to tip their hand before they face off against the Gamecocks next week? No, and stay tuned as Tony and I play some amazing audio for Will, which proves to be so persuasive that it compels him to pick Mississippi State to upset the Bayou Bengals of LSU. Our podcast can be heard on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Georgia Sports Blog. So sit back, relax, and spend the next 50 minutes with us. What I'd like to do to and to start off is to congratulate Will Leach, one of our uh, co-hosts, on a big milestone today. Deadspin is now 10 years old. What is hipper and counterculture more? than celebrating the birth of a website. <laughs> I think when you're celebrating a 10-year anniversary of your site, you've definitely jumped the shark. But it was fun. It was fun we got to do it. You know, I knew it was coming. We talked about doing something for a while. I think uh, I did a full Deadspin chat for two hours. I certainly enjoy... Pictures. I mean, like, you know, I forget now that, you know, I mean, I've been gone. I left in July 2008. Like, there were a bunch, there were a bunch of people in the comments of my chat post today being like... Oh, the movie review guy used to run oh, this site? Whoa. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's the only reason they're indulging. They're just indulging me. Oh, that will leave. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the, um, but anyway, so it's fine. It was, it was a cool thing to get to do. But uh, my, I, I, leave, I leave the dead spin to the young kids now, to the young hunger kids. All right, so now is my sound okay? Do we know if mine was working? You sound, both of y'all sound better the closer you get. And I don't know why. I'm, I might just be left ear or left shark. Maybe I'm left shark. You're left shark. I'm, I'm, I'm left shark. Katie Perry approves. Yeah. So, hey, I mean, if y'all listen to this and you hear me in one ear, like say you're jogging and listen to the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast, and I think that would be a good idea. Um, I just might be in your left ear. But, you know, I mean, the first couple of weeks we had the metal shipping container. Then we had a very cozy room that was dimly lit when it was just Tony and me. And now we've actually got three legit-looking microphones. Although, as I uh, watch the little, what do you call these things? Tildes. I don't know. Til, as I, as I the watch sound bubble thing, the equalizer. Yeah. Yes. As I watch that pop up, I only see it going on one side. So, I don't know. For I mean, you, for me, but, the, but, we're, but we're for us, it's fine. And maybe, maybe that is the way it should be. My guess is, if someone's jogging, they can't actually hear me. So. <laughs> 
Wow. Nor should they. Or if someone is deaf in one ear, we're going to find out who they prefer listening to, Scott or you and I. Because <laughs> there's a sense of... Delorio is, oh, is deaf oh, in his I'll left ear. the ears here. Yeah, Delorio yeah. is yeah. deaf in his left ear. So yeah, yeah, there. so... Um, well, anyway, um, what we'll do is we'll get this week started. So, as usual, um, here with Tony and Will. And just before we get started off, we have received two reviews on iTunes, and both of them are glowing. So, I know one of the guys, he's a fraternity brother of mine. So, thanks, Ryan. Um, but anybody else, if you'd like to stop by iTunes and give us a rating review and also subscribe, that would be awesome because it's almost like currency for podcasts. It's one of the greatest things that we can get because iTunes is basically one giant search engine. And so it's like search engine optimization by leaving ratings, reviews, and subscribing. So I'll get off my uh, soapbox right there. And it is game week number two. I'm in shock from the Virginia Tech-Ohio State game because I can't believe Virginia Tech actually came back um, and made it to where they're winning at halftime. And then I can't believe how Ohio State just steamrolled them and just forced their will on them with JT Barrett back there with Cardell Jones and then with Braxton Miller. I mean, it's like a three-headed monster. I don't know if they are going to lose and. I'm not sure that they won't cover. I think they'll cover every game that they're favored in the way they looked last night. Well, they have to be favored in every game, right? Well, no, no. They'll be favored by double digits, I'm sure. Yeah, they will be favored in every game, but I think they'll cover every game the way they were playing last night, no matter what the spread is. Well, I mean, the, my takeaway is Virginia Tech actually looks better than they did last mm-hmm. year. Let's not forget, yeah, they, they beat Ohio State, but that's just the team that managed to tie Wake Forest 0-0 in regulation. <laughs> so... Um, I think the offense that uh, that they have in at Ohio State is extraordinarily dynamic. Um, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when they match up against some of the little stronger defenses in the Big Ten. Um, I say that with a straight face because I think for um, Michigan State has a pretty decent. Their season defense. is Michigan State. Yeah. Their season is Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah, and they're going to be favored by double digits all the way till then. Yeah. They're at home against Michigan State. There's no, and particularly when you look at the Big Ten West this weekend, there are three undefeated teams in the Big Ten West: Illinois, Iowa, and Northwestern. So uh, there's not a lot of huge challenges coming to them from that. That, that could be very much a, a Florida State Duke game from a couple of years ago in the Big Ten Championship game. Their season's going to come down to Michigan State and the way they played last time. We'll see how Michigan State does uh, against Oregon. But the you know the way they even even being down at halftime once they turn it on I feel kind of defeatist saying this is a Big Ten guy but they had SEC down oh, yeah. last night there's really no question and you know I don't know Tony did you feel the same way I did when number five on defense for Ohio State was making all those plays McMillan who we lost out on you know Georgia well, let's boy be clear we didn't lose on McMillan McMillan was going to Ohio State all along that was a that was a recruiting service national media construct it just happened to be he was from Georgia I mean. Anybody you talk to from the Hinesville area, coastal Georgia said he he was Ohio State from the day he walked on campus at Liberty County, uh, and so I, I get it. I, I really do get it because you know had had that had this been ten years ago, it would have been ha huh, we missed out on a good player from Liberty County. I don't know how we missed him. Now it's oh Georgia missed out. We did miss out on him. He was never coming to Georgia. Period. Now he played really good football, and he, he went. He is Exhibit A of why. Every school in the nation recruits in the state of Georgia, and he is also exhibit A why teams like Georgia. The argument why teams like Georgia should be better have had better outcomes over the past ten years than they have, um, because it's all in their backyard. 
But let's not pretend like we lost out on Raekwon and Millen. We didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't at all. I mean, I would have loved. I'd love to see him wear number five for Georgia this year. Don't get me wrong about that. But there is no amount of hard sell, right recruiting, et cetera, that's going to get him to come to the University of Georgia. Nothing could have been done. Well, I mean, there's some things that could have been done, but <laughs> that's enough about Larry Tunzel. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, he was committed to Georgia, and yeah. you know, we were we were all kind of scratching our heads, going like, "How did Hugh Freeze do this?" And Hugh Freeze is a very good recruiter, apparently. Yeah, you got you have that same look that when Ron Zuckall got all those Illinois players, and and they got yelled at in the New York Times for for cheating. That's exactly what everybody says with Hugh Freeze every time he does anything. <laughs> USAC people, you're such in a caste system. The idea, like, oh, if someone makes a step forward and brings someone's in, yeah, I think we know what's going on over here. As if that isn't happening, other than Georgia, of course, right. at every university. Well, uh, let's be honest. Mississippi country. is not Auburn, but um, yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. But Runza clearly wasn't actually doing that, was he? Well, I mean, I, if he was cheating, I mean, <laughs> he, he was could, doing it wrong. Yeah, he could have used some help. He could have used some help. That's for sure. But yeah, I, there's one enjoyable thing about the first week of the college football season. Mm-hmm. The, already, everyone's making fun of Stanford and like this. I love. It like, just feels so comfortable. It does. It feels good to have everything back, right? It it's feels just, that, it's just right. You know, it does. It, it, it is it, right. I don't think this was necessarily the most invigorating weekend. There was like the only real upset with Stanford was it was Stanford Northwestern. We disagreed on the Arizona State Texas A&M game. They looked a lot better than people thought, but certainly there were no like earth. Shaking games. Penn State can't pull over Penn State. Yeah, well, that's that's having a lot more faith in Penn State than you probably should have in the first. Like that's a big it's a big deal for Temple because they hadn't beat them in seventy five years. Penn State, like that offensive line, it looks like it's gotten worse. Oh yeah, and and, and the Christian Hackenberg yeah. uh, regression to the whatever the Christian Hackenberg mean is is continuing. Not to get too ahead of ourselves to talk Vanderbilt, but I enjoyed there was a piece from the Tennessean uh, saying, okay, now obviously things went terrible against Western Kentucky, <laughs> but if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> Look what happened to James Franklin this weekend. Now, I don't know if Vanderbilt should ever be in the position of having schadenfreude about bad things happening to James Franklin. Clearly, he's the best thing to happen to them for a very long time. Yeah. But certainly, for look, if you, I guess I guess that's a sign of how bad it was for Vanderbilt this weekend. The best thing that happened to them was Penn State losing to Temple. We'll jump on Vanderbilt, Georgia in just a second. But, Tony, any Georgia news uh, you know, between Sunday and now? It's an extraordinarily quiet Tuesday. I... I I can't think of anything off the top of my head that really jumps out at me. Uh, somebody asked me today, so what do you think about the game? I said, we look like a top 10 team should look against a mid, an overmatched mid-major. You know, we didn't do anything fancy. We just went out there and out-athleted them and out-coached them and out-played them. If you were to kind of list off the teams that did that this weekend, you know, Georgia did that. Southern Cal did that. Notre Dame did that. Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi certainly did. Of course, Mississippi was playing a uh, um, – T. Martin. Uh, I think they were actually FCS. playing T. Martin. Like the <laughs> T. Martin himself, Tennessee quarterback. Himself. So, but, you know, I, I didn't see anything surprising. We've heard – I mean, no one got hurt. There's a – probability we'll see a couple of guys that were held out this week back in. Um, overall, it was a, a workmanlike performance Saturday. There's no news report. I don't think we're going to see anything fancy out of the offense again this week. And I don't think we should. And and I think the news today bears that out. I think they kind of picked around yesterday at the news conference, uh, yesterday being Monday at the, at the press conference. And Mark Rick was as coach speak as he could possibly get. I think the only thing we're so desperate for nuggets. The only thing was, hey, if Lambert keeps playing well, he'll keep starting. Like, oh well, yes, that that seems that's that that seems like a correct statement. That's generally true for quarterbacks. <laughs> like, if they keep playing well, they will keep starting. 
Tony, I, I didn't hear the exact quote, but I know that Louisiana Monroe was kind of dissing the Georgia backfield last week. I did hear in some of the postgame quotes that they had taken umbrage to the shots across the bow that Louisiana Monroe had given. And offensive guard Jake Bernstein of Vanderbilt lobbed a small salvo. Just a little is that, one. Is that the correct word, Will? Just salvo? Sure. Okay, good. Just, um, just a little one. He said to the Tennessean, personally, I'd rather have our running back Ralph Webb than Nick Chubb any day. Well... Lucky for him, he has Webb running for him. Now, here's the problem with having Webb running for you, Sad Chubb. You still got to plug Georgia's defensive ends. You want to have that kind of bravado, and that's really that's good. I don't blame awesome. him. No, I don't blame him because I you know, I'm not end, even sure it's bravado. I mean, at yeah. a certain level, I mean, if if someone comes to me and says, uh, you know, Will, uh, you can do a podcast. I'm going up against a podcast with Ira Glass. Yes, I'm like, yeah, but I'm sorry, I'm sticking with Scott Duvall and Tony Waller. I'm there going to go. have those guys. Those are my podcast guys. I mean, at a certain level, it's less bravado than imagine the uproar if he says, yeah, we'd probably rather have Chubb. I mean, look at him over there. <laughs> I mean, the idea. I think a lot of times we're so kind of desperate for this notion of bullet board material that like a basic normal teammate thing to say gets turned into something that is maybe not fair. Right. But you're at Vanderbilt. You can be more artful than that. I guess, I guess. Although I would hope you'd, do a podcast with our class and leave us here to do Scott podcast. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just me and Bayless just doing a Vanderbilt podcast. That's a, uh, I'm sorry, I, as far as I'm concerned, um, Vanderbilt. For, can you leave that part out? Radio edit. Yeah. yeah okay. Vanderbilt forfeits all measures of being an institute of higher learning with the fact that Skip Bayless went there. And some others. <laughs> yeah, but Bayless is the worst. Oh, I can't disagree. Bayless is can't the worst. Can't disagree. And then Derek Mason, the former Titans wide receiver and coach of the <laughs> Vanderbilt Commodores. Yes. Yeah, he was quoted. You know, this is nothing you know staggering or anything. But he said Vanderbilt has always been able to compete with Georgia, especially when they come here. I mean, yeah, we lost there two years ago. He says somebody is going to have to win the game late in the fourth quarter, in between the trenches. Yes, I feel very comfortable at the end of the fourth quarter. Somebody will win the game, a hundred percent. I can't argue with that. That's Derek Mason needing to think that okay, they're going to be in this game in the fourth quarter, but I really don't think they will be. Well, I think they- this game will be over. You know, maybe early third quarter. I don't know whether it's over or not that early. It could be. You're, you're right. It could be. It could be a lot like last year, actually. But the 13 game was a conglomeration of really dicey calls that turned the game. Mm-hmm. Like two two dicey calls. It pretty much changed the targeting rule. Right. It did. It's, it is absolutely a Rameek Wilson rule now. Both resulted in in Vanderbilt scores in a um, in a really close ball game. And you're going to have days like that. The difference is, is I think Georgia is actually a deeper and more talented team frankly, better coach team now than they were two years ago. Um, and Vanderbilt is not. Vanderbilt is decidedly not. <laughs> yes. uh, that better coach is actually in Penn State trying to figure out how not to lose to yeah. Shippensburg State or whoever it is they're yeah. playing this week. <laughs> I remember that game two years ago, and it was very – it just felt like Georgia was snake bit mm-hmm. from kind of the beginning of that game. Like even even when – well, a while where it looked like, like Georgia was going to end up pulling that one out, yeah. Yeah. it still felt like just off kind of the whole game. I, to me, I, maybe they maybe they blow them away in the third. Maybe they don't. But certainly, like Georgia was a better team then. But the gulf is much much wider right now. Yeah, I think that's. I think it is very easily illustrated. I mean, Vanderbilt has something in the neighborhood of fifteen guys, sixteen guys from the state of Georgia. And just looking through the list, nearly all of them, with the exception of maybe two, were recruited by Georgia and didn't get an offer. And and again, 
that does cut the other way because right. just Georgia can miss on talent. Even even under James Franklin, they were making great strides in recruiting, which means they were getting in the 20s. Right. Uh, right. Meanwhile, Georgia has been consistently in the top 10. And let's put aside the fact that Georgia's a much better coach team now than they were in 13, and Vanderbilt is decidedly not. By, by margin, by. not just a little bit. Well, I mean, and you know, this is interesting too because you, know, you guys know the culture of everything better than I do. But one of the things with Mason too is not just that – he is clearly an inferior coach to Franklin. They've had such trouble. It just doesn't feel like a fit there. Like you hear that a lot that like, you know, he's just, it's just not quite the right coach anyway. We, we may well talk about the Stanford Northwestern game a minute, yeah. but he has exactly the same philosophy that Stanford still has. And he does not have nearly the athletes to run it. I, I, Western Kentucky's conference USA, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, much less pretty much anybody with a competent defense in the SEC. Now, again, we could go up there and struggle fail. I mean, it could happen. I just, it would be really hard for me to see it happening. There's a path to victory there for Vanderbilt, but it involves an awful lot of Georgia miscues in Vanderbilt playing absolutely the very best game they can. To me, you know, you can make an argument that really these first four games leading up to Alabama are kind of a perfect tune-up schedule for that Alabama game. You've got a road game coming in then. You've got South Carolina, a... Better team than Vanderbilt, but certainly a team with a lot of issues of its own. And this is going to be a crazy hype home game the 6 o'clock. Kickoff, exactly, exactly. Which the Alabama game yeah. absolutely will right. be. I think you're right. It, it, the schedule is easily the best setup for we've had at Georgia for a long time for a big opponent four games in, yeah. five games in. It's, it's a great example. We play what essentially is a glorified preseason scrimmage. We now go on the road for an SEC 3.30 kickoff game, which the Alabama game is just about a more right, lot right. to be. So you kind of get in that mindset, okay, this is what we do on a 3.30 kickoff. Um, you play a road game, so you get a little adversity of having to switch things up. Then you come home and you play a South Carolina team that always plays us really tough. Yeah. And all, I mean, Steve Spurrier, I, I mean, he circles the Georgia yeah. game every year when the schedule comes. He just does. Yeah. And then you then you get to play a, a, basically another tune-up game for yeah. Alabama comes to town. I think you're right. I think we'll see them take the reins off a little bit. I thought about the statement I made that we might not see until the South Carolina game. I have a feeling we'll see some wrinkles that we didn't see last week. One, Pruitt's going to want to make Coach Spurrier think a little more and build his offense to react to what defensively Georgia might do. Two, offensively, I think we're going to give their their co-defensive coordinator something to think about with the Vanderbilt game. I also think we're going to see an awful lot more of Nick Chubb. We ran a lot of plays right up the middle. We didn't do a whole lot of off-tackle stuff. If you go back and watch the replay, there were several plays where uh, we we basically had a read option where we could hand off to the guy on a jet sweep or hand off up the middle. We hand off up the middle every time. We're going to see that. We're going to see Sonny Michelle, even Isaiah McKenzie, if he if he's back and they let him unloose. We're going to see some of that. So how many passes will Lambert throw? Yeah, my guess is, is we play a full game, he'll throw in the neighborhood of 20 as opposed to 12. Will we see Ramsey? Yeah, I think we will. Do you think we'll see Ramsey in the first half like we did last game? Yeah, I think it's possible okay. he'll come in. I don't see any – you know, it actually cuts the other way. If Lambert struggles, as long as we're not getting housed, I think Ramsey comes in. If, if Lambert struggles, I think Coach Rick, if he's serious about Lambert's our starter – he doesn't pull him if he's in the right. middle of a bad spell. He's not. He is not Steve Spurrier. Right. I mean, he actually knows he can get in a quarterback's head if he does something like that. So, look, Vanderbilt's return. They returned twenty starters from the team last year, all eleven on defense. Uh, McCrary is a he's a good quarterback. He can hurt you with his legs a little bit. Uh, you know, Ralph Webb is a fairly good running back. I'd rather have the, the Chubb. Uh, well, so would Jacob <laughs> Burstein. But um, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that their offensive weapons are. 
are far more limiting than our offensive weapons. And in the knock on Georgia's, you don't have that. We don't have enough offensive weapons. Granted, you're talking about both quality and quantity when you're talking about Vanderbilt, who is legitimately trying to win an SEC game this year, versus Georgia, who has designs on making the college football playoff. But having said all that, um, you know, they can hurt you. It wouldn't surprise me the least if this game is close in the second quarter. It wouldn't surprise me the least if it's close in the third quarter. It also wouldn't surprise me if we're going to halftime with a 21-point lead. But I am not convinced that this is going to be a particularly close game. I just think that, like, I well, I actually watched most of that Vanderbilt-West Kentucky game. and it, uh, Western Kentucky didn't look very good. <laughs> and, and they, you know, Vanderbilt could have won that game, but they really did not necessarily look to me like the demonstratively better team. Vanderbilt may be a little bit better, but they certainly, it's not, you didn't feel like, oh boy, Vanderbilt really blew it. They should have won that one. West Kentucky was right with them on in every play throughout that game. It's hard to see Georgia a week later having nearly as much trouble. I'm going with like 34 to 10 sounds about right to me. Yeah, I think I agree with you. It feels a lot like it could be in that neighborhood. Um, again, you know, Georgia with a run first offense is not going to, unless we break off a couple of long runs, we're not going to just put up 21 quick points on them. Um, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if we did. I mean, <laughs> right. We talked a little bit how Lambert had a couple of pass, um, a couple of times. Mitchell was open long mm-hmm. downfield. He missed. Uh, we connect on one of those. It could get ugly in a hurry. Um, and I've, I have to think we're going to run that play a little more to give Lambert a chance to have to, to air the ball out and, and see if he and Mitchell can hook up or or Mitchell or Michelle for that matter. Um, but, you know, I'm with you. A, a 35, you know, 35, 10, 35, 14 feels about right for this game. Uh, what's the spread on this game? I think it's 20 and 19, a half. It's 20 and a half. So, you know, I think both of us are are, are saying they're going to they're going to beat the spread by just a point or two. Yeah. Right. Scott? Yeah, I totally think that they are going to win and cover. Uh, I guess I'm a little bit more bullish on this game. I think it's going to be over at halftime. You know, I see a, I see a score somewhere, you know, about 45 to 14, something like that. You know, an easy cover. And it'll be good because I think we played the most freshmen. We played 19 freshmen, which kind of took me by surprise. I would say six or seven of them had significant playing time. We're playing everybody. We're not putting shirts on anybody. If you can go and help us this year, you're on special teams. Because he's all in. You're going to go play football. Yeah, He's all in. That's exactly right. He is all in. All three of us picked the dogs, which I'm sure probably see 90%, 95% of the people polled picking the dogs. The deep water blue uniforms are going to go the way of the smoky grays, the Tennessee, where Georgia goes and defeat somebody on a on when they're unveiling new uniforms. You, you're just, uh, I'm fascinated by ugh, uniforms. It's just terrible. What, the Smoky Grays? Well, all of it. Oh. Arizona State's particularly. I thought it was I really thought it was bad. I really thought that was a team that uh that um like the, the like from they were, the, they were playing in the replacements or something. No, no, no. What was the the Jim McMahon football league, the XFL? Yeah. Well, he hate me. Yeah. So. But I yeah. that would be interesting if they had to go like dive at the 50-yard line for the opening kick, remember? When oh, they got the best it? part of the XFL were no fair catches. Like that's just like you're actively trying to murder someone when you have no fair catches in your league. It's safe to say Logan Gray would not make that yeah. link. Say what you will, but the XFL a ton of their innovations in broadcast are still used. The yeah, huddle cam, the huddle cam. Was the first yeah. time the XFL, yeah. the XFL yeah. was the first one that oh, they yeah. did. Yeah. So much of the broadcasting stuff yeah, the well, NFL totally took. Yeah, I've, because it worked. Yeah, I've always been of the belief if the XFL would have, if they'd have been smarter, they would have bought the Arena League. Because yeah. the problem, the thing that hurt them is this, there was this idea that, like, we're a competitor to the NFL. And they played the games in these big NFL stadiums that were, of course, 
three quarters empty because these are new teams and no one knows who they are. And you couldn't, WWE Raw couldn't fill Giant Stadium on a Tuesday night the way these games were. You can fill it during WrestleMania, but you can't <laughs> fill it during like a, like you, on like a regular Monday night. So to me, that is like, I, cause they had so, I really feel like they did a lot of smart things. As someone that loves to see the NFL taken down a couple of notches, I think it would have been kind of nice to, if they would have been a little bit less, Shoot for the moon about that. I think the XFL could have succeeded a little bit more than they actually did. Now it's just a joke, but they did a lot of things right. They did a lot of things well in that league. And well, Tommy Maddox Tommy got his Maddox. career back going. I would love to see them let, let them put whatever name they want on the back of their jersey yeah. still. I don't know. As long well as it's in English, old English. Font. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you have to have the bird. You have to have the bird. The angry bird. What team you play for. Perfect segue. Yes. Houston at Louisville. What's the spread on that game? 11 and a half. Louisville, right. Wow. Angry Bobby Petrino and his angry birds, Todd Grantham, Shaq Wiggins, Josh Harvey Clemens, who actually played a really good game. Yeah. Is that noon kickoff? Yes. Okay. Is Louisville an Eastern time zone? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. I really wanted to pick Houston in that game. That's why I put it on there. Houston had a really good offensive showing. And Louisville did not. Louisville did not. How about the fact, how about that, by the way, that Louisville is just hanging in? Because of the defense. I don't know all that. Petrino's supposedly coming in. Well, there's all kinds of Todd Grantham jokes. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. Wait till year four. So, you know, I I am compelled to pick Louisville, although I may not actually pick them when it comes time to put down my my checkbox. My confidence level on this one is going to be down about two or three. I'll be honest about that. Houston has the – looks like they have the tools to beat Louisville, but, you know, it's just talent-wise, on the road, it's really hard to – it's really hard to say that they would. I I, I think Louisville's going to win, but I think I don't know if they cover that. Like I know some of, that's, not, yeah. that's not what we do in our in our picks. Just to remind right. everyone, these are not the, the spreads are for entertainment Purely only when you, information. Put, when you put it together. But to me, Louisville looked shaky. And the thing I feel kind of bad about saying is that like I feel like Auburn looked pretty good, even though Auburn didn't really blow them away. I just took, came away from that game thinking Louisville was shaky on offense in a bigger way. Than I was expecting them to. It might tell us more about Auburn's defense, but that's not something yeah. we'll know for another three or four. They looked days. even disorganized at times. Yeah, looked like they didn't yeah. have it together. Like where so. they were, which way they were going. Yeah. I'm going to pick Louisville just because they have to win this game. I mean, they can't lose this game, or else you know, Grantham Petrino might not be able to get it back on the rails. Next game, Notre Dame at Virginia. That's an interesting game, and again, the spread is eleven and a half, which we're not picking. And it is a gosh, this is military time. Uh, what three thirty? Three thirty. Yes. Um, I gotta tell you, th- there's some excited Notre Dame fans out there right now. There right? are a few. They, uh, they there's some excited Notre Dame media out there. Yeah, yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, and that's right. They have been of the belief anyway for the last few years that they were a quarterback away from really being a top five team. They think. Oh my God, they may be. They think they have their quarterback now. They certainly think they have their quarterback. Wow. So what I, do you Virginia's think? pretty tired of playing uh, great quarterbacks, though, because they got picked apart last week. Yeah, Josh Rosen, who was awesome. Person. He was yeah. absolutely awesome in that game. I mean, Virginia is not a terrible defense. Yeah. But I feel like uh, uh, that's a tough couple of quarterbacks to start out with. Yeah. I like Notre Dame, frankly, pretty comfortably in that game. You know, I'm going to be a contrarian here and say Virginia slips up and wins this thing late. Wow. Um, yeah, they're at home. They played really well. Uh, they played really well at. James Rogers Williams Stadium or whatever they call it now. Um, I, I just there's something about their defense, the, uh, especially uh, how hard UCLA went after their defense with Rosen. That I, I think they have an opportunity to step up and, and make a little bit of a statement. 
I, I don't know why. If I had set to pick one wacky game that's going to happen Saturday, it's this game. That'd be so mean to Notre Dame fans because they're so excited. They're so excited. They're, I think they're, the they're so cute. I, I they're think the excited. word you mean is glorious. Yeah. <laughs> glorious. Because if there's one thing I like more than excited Notre Dame fans, it's, very it's the tasty, salty tears yeah. of despair of Notre Dame fans. Yes. All right, Scott, what's your pick? Well, Notre Dame, I picked against them last week. I thought Texas was going to win, and Texas might not have even gotten off the bus. I mean, I think they scored three points. Um, but the, here's the interesting thing. I do think Notre Dame's going to win a very, very close, head-scratching struggle game because they're already looking forward to or looking towards Georgia Tech next week yeah. in South Bend. And that has got Brian Kelly staying up at night wondering how he's going to defend Paul Johnson because I think Tech's going to be really good in the one-loss region this year, especially as we get closer to the Georgia game. So I think Notre Dame's going to win a very close one because they've got a monster home game, which might even be a game day scenario next week up in South Bend. Okay, then now we got a bit of a breather here. Uh, Toledo at Arkansas kicking off at 4 o'clock p.m. Toledo just hasn't been the same since they lost Beckman. Not as tough. Are you saying not they're, as not as they're not they're as not tough? tough. They're, they're not as tough. tough. They're just not as tough. They're all like injured, but getting rest for yeah, it. Yeah, they're rest for Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas. I love the next one. I love this is one of my favorite games every year in both college football and college basketball. The Cyhawk. Yes, exactly. The Cyhawk. That's why I put that on there. And it's no longer. Unfortunately, they no longer do the butter statue for the winner of this game. There was a while they actually gave like a Fail. little trophy, the Fail. butter, the butter churning lady trophy. They got made fun of so is much it, for. Is it. it made of butter? It, no, it's not made of butter, but. She is like churning butter, no, and there's a, it's not like it's not like when they have it at the at the, at the political conventions at the state year. fair. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, okay. So no, but this is Iowa. I would say no matter what, when one if one of these teams is great or one of these teams are terrible, no matter what, this comes down to a last second field goal <laughs> every single game. It's Who's got always the better kicker? Does it say it always comes down to something crazy? I I'm, I'm all, I always enjoy that game. I was favored on the road by only about a field goal, three and a half points. Usually it's the home. I feel like it's the home team. I'm taking Iowa State in this game. I'm a sucker for these interstate yeah. rivalry games, no matter how bad the season's going for the teams. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's the first week, second week. This weirdness in the second week. It's always uh, early. Uh, yeah. It's usually like. Oh, so they'll throw it in sometimes. Yeah. I think the last few years has been early. Has it, okay. been early. So I'm with you. It's always some last second field goal. I just think Iowa wins that game. That's another one I'm putting low in the confidence. Yeah, yeah. Oh, without question, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Iowa State as well. And here we go. Six o'clock kickoff. ESPN. Oklahoma at Tennessee. Uh, Oklahoma is ranked 19, and Tennessee is ranked 25. The spread on this is basically a pick 'em. If you if you put the three points in, Oklahoma's a slight favorite. Um, so Oklahoma's never played in a hundred thousand seat stadium. Which no is crazy to me. They never played at Ohio State. A&M didn't add their 54,000 seats until they joined the SEC. Um, I'm joking, A&M fans. Please do not come, whatever it is y'all do to me. <laughs> I, I think Oklahoma wins this game going away. I mean, Tennessee looked really dicey last week. It's on hard. defense. They, I mean, like, on defense, Bowling Green did score. Bowling yeah. Green score, but, like, man, yeah, they looked very shaky. They did. Very shaky. They did. I just think Oklahoma wins this game. As high as everybody was on Tennessee in this offseason – I think just because they have this game at home and they have Georgia at home, to be entirely honest yeah, with you. Yeah. Like, for the record, if Tennessee wins this game, they are someone with which to be reckoned. Yeah. I just, I don't see it either. If they lose it, the wheels fall off yeah. in a hurry. Yeah. And particularly if they lose, it's big. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it would answer a lot of questions in a negative way. So yeah. I, I also like Oklahoma in this game. I do too. I like a Boomer Sooner on this one as well. Western Michigan at Georgia Southern. Kicking off at 6 o'clock. Georgia Southern is a four-and-a-half-point underdog. PJ, there's a lot of faith in P.J. Fleck. 
and the flect tones. The flect tones. Uh, but uh, uh, so I, I have a soft spot for Georgia Southern. I was hoping they were going to give West Virginia more of a game last yeah. last week. It was forty four nothing, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was not what well, it, particularly close at all. I still feel like. Uh, Western Michigan, they, they turned it around a little bit last year in the wake of Cubit being fired, actually. I'm still not quite sold on them. I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm picking uh, my, my Southern team with my Western team. I got to pick Western Michigan. They look really good against a very, very good uh, Michigan State team last Friday night. Um, I just, I want to believe in the, the Eagles. I really yeah. do. Uh, I just think, I think Western Michigan is going to bowl them. Right. I was undecided on this pick, so I pulled up the Weather Channel app. And if it was going to be 95 degrees and hot and humid, I definitely would have picked the Eagles. But the temperature for Statesboro on Saturday is a high of 80 with some scattered thunderstorms. So because of that, so like I'm going to pick... July in, in um, wherever Michigan. It's not, it's not Kalamazoo. Really Kalamazoo. It's Kalamazoo, not Kalamazoo. Grand Rapids. Yeah, so if it was just going to be a hot, you know, steamy day, you know, where Western Michigan would have been falling, you know, with the heat and humidity, I might have gone with Georgia Southern. But if a high of 80, that's not going to help them out on that psychological factor. So I'm going to go with Western Michigan. Was was Western Michigan played Michigan State or was that Central Michigan? No, it was Michigan. Okay. It was Michigan State. It was okay. at Western Michigan. Michigan State at Western Michigan. Okay. Well, they were at Western Michigan? They were at Western Michigan, yes. Oh, come what? on. Were they Mississippi State? No, Michigan State. No, who are they? Mississippi oh, right. State? Oh, sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Eastern Carolina at Florida. Florida's a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. People are so desperate for Florida to be good. It's so cute. Like, they're like, well, they looked good against New Mexico State. I mean, they really did. Like, people were so excited. They want yeah, the them three to be of us, good. So the three bad. of us could look good. Yeah. Against I mean, New Mexico State. All right. So who do you pick, the Pirates or the Gators? Oh, what did the Pirates do? What did the Pirates do last week? They won. They're 1-0. and oh. Yeah, click on the click on the Pirates. Let's see what they okay, did last week. I don't remember who they played. Towson. They Towson. barely, oh, they barely beat the score? Towson. 28-20. Atlanta's loses. <laughs> East Carolina. <laughs> that tells you everything you need, right? No, I know everything I know about Towson. Everything I need to know about Towson is they are in Baltimore County. All right, well, I'm going to go with Florida after seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of weird uh, teams on the road, uh, oh, Missouri is at Arkansas State. The Mighty Bears. The Mighty Bears. Is that the next? Is that a two-for-one game or something like that? It probably is. It has to be. Yeah. Mm. they they got some shrewd negotiators wow. out there. Well, Jimmy Sexton uh, is Arkansas State's agent. So. <laughs> it, it's weird. This, is the type, like, this isn't the type of game they lose. But let's remember, this is a team that lost to Indiana last year. Like Missouri has like these weird games, often in unfamiliar environments, that things go wrong. I don't think that will happen this game. But this is the type of game that they have a weird little speed bump that will all be like, how in the world did they beat Florida by 21 points when they lost to Arkansas State? It feels like that happens to them. I'm not picking that, but so that feels like a possibility. Until Tyler Hansborough gets better. I not Tyler Hansborough. That's the wrong guy. Matty Mock. No, no Han- they got a, They have a running back named Hansborough. Oh, Hansborough. He's not Tyler though, because mm-hmm. Tyler Hansborough is too tall to be a running back. Yes, yes. Uh, until he gets Trevor. back, Missouri is ever, Trevor. <laughs> he is forever. Missouri is forever at risk of losing a game like this. I just don't think they do it to Arkansas State. I'm with you, Will. It could happen. Yeah, it could happen. Win, no cover, Missouri. Okay. Another SEC game. I'd forgotten that we weren't the only SEC game. Kentucky at South Carolina. Hmm. <sighs> South Carolina is a seven and a half point favorite. It's kind of a sad state of affairs, isn't it? That South Carolina is a seven and a half point favorite over Kentucky at home. Well, you know, the funny thing is, after this, after their um, their game against North Carolina, I went and looked at the schedule because I couldn't remember who they played next week, and I saw Kentucky. This is where I watched Kentucky play the Leopards of Louisiana Lafayette, and I thought, "Huh, this could be a really interesting game." And then Kentucky's defense is a mess. Mm-hmm. 
It is a real mess, which is exactly what South Carolina's defense needs. Offense yeah. needs. Yeah. Their offense needs a mess. Although, you know, I'm going on a limb here. I'm going to say Kentucky wins this ball, this ball game. They have – their offense is pretty good. It's not great. It's pretty good. Their defense is a mess. And I think it's going to be one of those really ugly 38-35 kind of crazy things. But I'm picking Kentucky. I will say this. If Kentucky wins this game – I am a lot more scared of South Carolina next week than I would be otherwise. Oh, completely. <laughs> completely. Without question. Without question. Uh, so, so just out of self-preservation, I, I think South Carolina is going to Yeah, I'm going to think. Uh, I'm going to think. I am going to think, and I'm going to think that Kentucky is going to upset South Carolina. I mean, mild upset. I mean, they're only a touchdown dog. But, yeah, I just after watching South Carolina against North Carolina, I mean, if, if North, UNC's quarterback hadn't gifted them two Interceptions in the end zone, I mean, it wouldn't have even been that close, I don't think, against uh, the Tar Heels. I think that's right. So um, moving on to the next game, Oregon at Michigan State. Wow, five versus six. Michigan yeah. State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a huge game kicking off at 8 o'clock. I'm sure this is the Fowler-Herb Street. Yep, ABC and game day is there. I get nervous when people are this excited about a Big Ten team that's not Ohio State. I'll be honest with you. I honestly get nervous about it. I mean, it seems all set up for him. Oregon still hasn't, doesn't quite know what it has. A quarterback, Michigan State, they're set up. Obviously, their quarterback situation is, is, is excellent. It just makes me nervous. It makes me nervous to see, is Michigan State really to ready to make that next step? If they win this game, if they beat Oregon, you're looking at a potential 1-3 matchup between Ohio State and Michigan State. Am I convinced that the Big Ten is really going to have two top five teams all season? I'll confess, I'm not. I'm picking Oregon. I tell you what, Oregon's defense, I, mean, I keep saying this, it was bad. I mean, they gave up 42 points to an FCS team that lost their quarterback to Oregon. Right. <laughs> Put it this way, Vernon Adams was to Eastern Washington that Jeremiah Masoli was yeah. to Oregon. Ooh, good and, um It's too trendy of a pick, though. It, it, it just really does feel like a really trendy pick. You know, my gut instinct says that this game is, stays fairly low scoring, which Michigan State can, can yeah, do course. to a, a dynamic offense. Um, it's easily a Michigan State win, like a 28, a 24, 28-17-20 game. Um, if it's a shootout, I mean, it could. I mean, in Michigan State, can have that kind of game too. I mean, Connor is a very good quarterback. They have some weapons, especially. Well, this is what happened last year. It looked right, like that's it was exactly. Be tied, and then, right. then it became a shootout. Yeah, it became a Michigan shootout. State, Michigan State, State couldn't hang. Right. Um, I think they can hang. I've got to pick. I have to pick the Spartans. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Spartans too. I think they're going to come out in Trump Oregon's uniforms by wearing their gladiator bronze helmets that they have. Yeah. They, they do Are that. they really doing that? No, I, oh. I don't know that for a fact, but I bet – I mean, if they're going to do it, they might as well do it this oh, okay. week. Um, by the, look on, the look on my face, by the way, is it, it looked as if Scott had just keyed my car. Uh, <laughs> that's the look I had on my face. LSU finally gets to play a game. Yeah, um, yeah they're playing at Mississippi State, and LSU is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. And hold, please. I want Will to see this before we play. This is about a minute clip. This is what Tony and I were talking about. This is the world's – Greatest Mississippi State fan, and he is calling out LSU and all of the fans of Death Valley. I want you, this guy is real. Okay, um, he's calling out the Paul Feinbaum. Okay, um, because he wants to be fan of the week. And notice how <laughs> perfectly just small his mustache is. <laughs> it's tragically awesome. Last week, I sent you in a rant. For the ice bucket challenge for ALS, I had a case tractor bucket of ice water dumped on me, and you didn't show 
first game of 2015 in Davis Wade Stadium. Oh, is that it? Now, That's it. That's we are undefeated since the new addition at Davis Wade Stadium. And in the last three years, we are 18-3 and as a record for Mississippi State. That, to me, seems like Davis Wade Stadium is becoming the new Death Valley oh, just because of, slash. you got it, the cowbells. Now, Paul, I just have one oh, statement to, to make to all the people imagine. involved with LSU. We are Mississippi State! <laughs> Fear the Bills! You know... I could make fun of this guy, but I've felt like that before. <laughs> I'm not fair telling this. I'm not saying the ball fine, Bob. But there have been times. I have to tell you, I'm ready to run through a wall. Mississippi State's winning this game. It's on. There's 17-3 record bell. Fear the bell. I'm sold. I'm taking Mississippi State. Huh. I always love oh. it when somebody quotes a stadium expansion. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a reason they're going to as win. a reason why they're going to win. And then and you know, just takes a... Who do they think they are? Texas A&M? Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, there's no way. I'm with you, Will. There is no way Mississippi State is losing this game. Dak Prescott's going to play quarterback. He's going to flip it to himself. He's going to you know play He's defense. He's going to have to. <laughs> He's going to kick the ball because I don't, I don't think they really have many other players besides him because Josh Robinson's in the NFL now. But, yeah, I mean, if that guy's at the game... I've got to go with Mississippi State. The new Death Valley, as he called it. I mean, Clemson, I thought it was also Death Valley. Well, the old Death Valley, which is Tiger Stadium, holds like 90,000 people. So I'm pretty sure they're not going to be scared. I think Davis Wade Stadium (laughs) is the smallest capacity in the SEC. No, no, no. That that glorified high school stadium at Vanderbilt only holds Is it second lowest? 34,000. Yeah, even if they had played last week, unless they had played and looked really bad, I, I would pick LSU. LSU just has too much talent on defense. Even with Chavis leaving LSU, they're, they have too much talent on defense. They're going to contain Dak Prescott. Um, and all 55,000 of the people at Davis Wade Stadium are going to walk out of there with their bells. Um, not happy. I think Illinois has more than Davis Wade Stadium. Uh, Illinois does. <laughs> 73,000? Illinois definitely does. 73 right. Memorial. I mean, right? Memorial State was a really old time. Like, Illinois, it's a cool stadium, Scott. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, Illinois is worthy of mockery, but they're saying they get a very nice stadium. Yeah. They have a very Keep nice in stadium. mind, the Bears played there. I mean, that's an NFL yeah. quality stadium, size wise. Size wise. Yeah. Actually, it's bigger than most NFL stadiums. Yeah, about it. it's a very big size. The Bears I mean, played there during the um, yeah. Soldier Field Bastards. Like, make fun of like where Indiana plays. Like, they, uh, <laughs> it's the preciousest stadium. It's yeah. just cute. It's so, yeah. <laughs> so pretty. It really um, is. What's the worst Big Ten stadium? Northwestern, and it's not even close. Yeah. It's not even close. Northwestern is a, is a slightly expanded Clark Central. The best part about Northwestern, too, is it's this tiny little stadium, and they still have to tarp off parts of it. Northwestern is a joke, oh. mocking Northwestern is one of my favorite things. So, yeah, Northwestern football stadium is is without question the worst. I, don't, I think even Northwestern would admit that. And Pat, Pat, Fitzgerald. Pat Fitzgerald. Go kids! Wouldn't say that. <laughs> but uh, Did he just wear shorts or the whole coaching staff wear shorts? I thought it was Angus Young Appreciation Day. It wasn't? No. I think it was uh, you players better not unionize day. I think it's actually what Pat Fitzgerald is doing. That's a really hot take. Okay. No, that's an actual fact. He told his players not to unionize for the sake of the team. He's the worst. Merka. I mean, like, you know, it's fine. I couldn't get excited about a good Big Ten upset of a 
top 25 team because it's him. Would have been better if it had been Indiana? Oh, yeah. Would have been a lot better. Really? Oh, yeah. I got no, I got no, I, I got no view with Indiana football. I got okay. no view with Indiana football. Yeah. So. How about Indiana basketball? Oh, yeah, yeah. They can, they yeah, can, but they that's can a, that's a, suck that's a, naked die. That's a January conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This will be termed the back down to earth game. Boise State is at Brigham Young. I think Brigham Young is going to be riding high off their amazing win, but losing their starting quarterback, Taysom Hill, for the year. And Boise State looked pretty good against Washington. So I think Boise State's going to come in there. I mean, they are ranked 24th this week and beat Brigham Young and Bronco Mendenhall's boys. The hard part about this game is this is a this is as close a thing other than the Civil War that BYU plays. And if the game were in Boise, it would be an easy, easy pick for me to pick Boise State. But I think you're right. I think Boise State, I still think Boise State comes out with a win. But, man, this is going to be a dogfight. Those two schools hate one another. Not the same way BYU and Utah hate each other, but they do hate each other. Yeah, BYU, let's not forget, is out without the quarterback. Yeah, like, and, and, and that's, and that's yeah. the deciding factor to me. Yeah. If, if, if Taysom Hill were, were playing, it would be an easy pick for me for BYU. Because, yeah. frankly, we don't really know what – I mean, we, we know he can throw the ball a long way. Yeah. But he really threw the ball four or five times right. after after Hill got hurt. The rest of the time it was run play. And they look good. But the question you asked then is Nebraska's run defense better or worse than Boise State's? I think it's worse. Yeah, I agree. I'm picking Boise State's one. That's all the picks. And so what you're going to do is you're going to pick these also and go ahead and confidence rank the picks that you think is going to stand up for you and get you the most points. And maybe you will knock off Chili Dog. Tony, I did uh, see the tweet that Carey. UJ Carey sent out saying that she taken aback by the fact that her name was mentioned on a podcast. She felt like she was kind of sort of famous. Well, and she probably kind of sort of is. So, um, so, yeah, just to recap last week, I was the top dog amongst the three of us. Will came in second amongst the three of us, and Tony brought up the rear. It's all about cumulative. It's all right. I know. It's, it's yeah, a marathon, not sprint. No, right you're right. You're right. Um, getting back to this weekend's game, I do want to call to attention a couple of things I noticed. It's still crazy to me that we're putting oars in our death chart. Uh, looking at the defense, uh, we have for defensive end, we have Sterling Bailey or Josh Dawson, Sam linebacker Leonard Floyd or Lorenzo Carter, uh, Mike Reggie Gain, uh, Jack Gaines or Reggie Carter. Will I mean we have like six oars, one, two, three, four, five, six oars as starters. Um and, and Vanderbilt has Johnny McCrary or Wade Freeback right, as yeah. a starter. Uh Wade Freeback I don't believe came on the field at all. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. It's just at some point the gamemanship is like, okay, I'm kinda cool with this. Let's move on. All right. Well that will wrap it up for this week's edition for uh week two preview. If you have any questions or want to communicate with us, please bug us on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. You can hit up Tony at Tyler Dogden. Will is William F. Leach. And I, if you'd like to send me a tweet, Jawavi Films, that's J-A-W-A-V-I Films. And uh, other than that, boys, I think we are ready to roll into Thursday night. I mean, we only have tonight and tomorrow without football. Thanks to that awesome game we saw last night. And then what's the Thursday game this week? Anybody know? I think, I think I'm going to stay out of the way for the NFL. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's the opening, Steelers, opening yeah. game. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, the Steelers yeah, and the Patriots yeah. this week. Okay. Yep. Yeah, the Goodell Embarrassment Bowl. It's gonna be I guess now it's time for Will to do his 60 seconds of oh, yeah. Illinois football. I don't want to forget that. Start the clock because I'll, I'll, I'll rev this up. We have uh, 52 to 3. Some teams, some teams would wither in the face of adversity. Illinois looks at Kent State, those flashes of gold. 
and guffaws with a 52-3 victory. This week, they get the Leathernecks of Western Illinois. It is a drive. The tip, I was, This year was supposed to be the drive for seven in the idea before Beckman was fired. The goal was to get one more win. Now, it's just a drive for six. <laughs> just a drive for six. <laughs> like, if we, we lost our coach for a season. Just a drive for six. The real question is, they've got North Carolina for a week from Saturday. That's their big non-conference game in Chapel Hill. That's the big game. West Illinois is a nice chill game for everybody. We're, uh, so uh, I think uh, I like our odds this week. So, yeah, so go Illini. We're going to 2-0 this week. I'm just saying, Georgia scored 51 points. And that's all. Illinois that's scored all 52. Okay? So so we do a – let me show you, Scott, how this works. You ready, Will? Yeah. ILL. I-N-I. See, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. maybe Pastor Troy could come and lead y'all's oh, yeah. this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, did, you, did you notice how they introduced it? They said, and Georgia's new tradition. Yeah. I, I thought it was just like a one-time thing, but no, I think he's going to be there every tradition. home game. Yeah. Uh, like all South Carolina's traditions are new. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, that ends our show for this week. I can't think of anything better or any other better way to end it than a jab at South Carolina. Next week is going to be really good because I bet you're going to be real salty oh, with South Carolina. <laughs> That might might be a two-drink podcast. Awesome. Be back Sunday for a roundup. Thanks for joining this week for Week 2 Picks, and we'll see you on campus. like that. Thanks for joining us for this special Week 2 preview of the College Football Weekend. Good luck to the dogs up in Nashville. Good luck to Will's fighting Illini against Buffalo. And good luck to whichever team you're pulling for this weekend. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter at WSLSPodcast. And listen out for us Monday morning as we break down the Saturday's action. And, as always, we'll see you on campus.